Hi everyone, welcome to the Rec Tech Podcast. I'm Paski. My name is Fucking Andrei. And our special guest today is. Hi, I'm Kashyap. Uh, I'm a stand up comic and an advertising filmmaker. Welcome. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for having me, guys. It's really nice. Yeah, so you're uh, doing your Europe tour at the moment. Where, yes. Which countries did you visit? So uh, I'm actually touring with a couple of friends of mine. Um, uh, one of them is a comedian. Another guy is a, a hip-hop artist from India. And he's really like good. Um, and we've been doing the show called Three in a Billion. Uh, like we, there were many names before that, but three in a billion stuck. It was originally planned like as a one in a billion kind of a show, but then I wanted some company. <laughs> so I had to like find friends and these guys have been my roommates all my life. So we decided let's do a tour of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, Shashwat is a, he's a hip hop guy who's been going through a really tough time for the last six, eight months. So he really needed like a holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he tagged along like almost as an afterthought. So it was first one in a billion, then Mohit said, can like I join you and became two in a billion, then it became three in a billion. Because <laughs> Shashwat was like, listen man, I can afford this right now, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been touring like um, Europe, we started with Berlin, we did Vienna, um, we did Prague, we did uh, Cologne, Brussels. We also kind of did some stand-up in Reykjavik, Iceland. Um, and uh, we did drugs in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're back in Berlin. We closed our final show last evening um, at Caracas Comedy Club. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and like surprisingly, we're getting like a very diverse kind of an audience. It's not just Indian, but it's like 50% from the subcontinent, 50% from the rest of Europe. So it's mm-hmm. pretty nice. I like it. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know you went to Amsterdam actually. Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, no show there. No show there, but uh, you know, like who's interested in comedy in Amsterdam? <laughs> You know, like there's so many other entertainment opportunities. Uh, so yeah, we tried all of that. All right. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> so what was the reason behind uh, that, that tour originally? I mean, you wanted to see uh, Europe or you wanted to, to get to know how your jokes, rea- how people react to your jokes or what was the reason? Yeah, so I think for me, um, like my objective with comedy has always like comedy for me is proper therapy. It's like talking about the stuff that has happened to me in life as an outsider. You would say like this is all fucked up. Like you should be depressed, which I am. Uh, but um, but like I like to convert all of those like really difficult experiences into humor. That's mm-hmm. always been my way of dealing with shit. And I think it's something that comes from my family. Like my father himself, I asked. He's super funny. He's one of India's like most interesting filmmakers, um, mm-hmm. and he's like respected a- around the world. Uh, and he's got a very wicked sense of humor. Like it was his birthday recently, and I got him an air conditioner. It's his first air conditioner in his entire life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "Thank you so much for getting this. When you get older, you do need cold storage. Uh, <laughs> you know, the closer you get to death." And so that's the kind of sense of humor I I have kind of imbibed in my life. And I think that's a universal sense of humor. You yeah. know, that's something that you know you say to anyone, and it should ideally get a laugh. Uh, so I've been. My objective has been to do comedy that works across the world. Like Mitch Hedberg, Stephen Wright, these guys are my inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to actually someday do America, New York. I want to do more of Europe. Uh, so the idea was to see if my material works here. Mm-hmm. This is the second time I'm in Europe. Uh, I did like Berlin a couple of years back, November 2017. I'd come with a film that I'd produced with my father uh, at Leipzig. It, like, it made it to the film festival, the Doc Leipzig Film Festival. Cool. And that became my window. Like I'd never been outside of India before that. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to see. And I've grown up like consuming American pop culture and so mm-hmm. like I get all the references that you know a typical American might get like my ex-girlfriend used to say Kashyap I think you're like you're not Indian you're like you're not from this country you're from another country altogether <laughs> so I wanted to see if that is true 
and like i just i love this place man i i i really don't want to go back i joke about this i say if you're going to get like outsiders to visit as tourists you should probably take a deposit of one human being or one family member because we have no incentive to go back home at all your like your social health programs are great your public transport is insane like the weather is good why would anyone come oh, here and the weather really it's actually not so bad man i i <laughs> it's it's a little bit cold but like you get used to it right i come from kashmir there's snow over there like not anymore but uh, like i think my genetics is such that i like a nice cool environment bombay is fucking terrible dude it's one of the hot it's it's hell dude like i think global warming really does like take us it'll probably take mumbai cars first like oh, that's okay. just a theory like we'll sink first and then we like die of heat strokes <laughs> i don't know <laughs> in the in the water <laughs> but so you li- you live in 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 mumbai right now i live in bombay right now yeah, that's bombay, yeah okay. that's where the film industry is that's where the okay. advertising scene is I've grown up there actually like all my life um, since I was 2 years old. All right, cool. So so you what's your day job? Is your day job as a comedian or um what are you doing? So my day job is actually I I started this startup called Lofundwala Communications. Lofundwala is basically a pun on Lokhandwala. Lokhandwala is like the hub of struggling actors in all of india like it's mm-hmm. where you know like there's more biceps than brains. Like that's the kind of place <laughs> that is, you know. Uh so um I actually very early on in college i started the startup and i started making videos for like no money at all like people would give me pizza slices as compensation like that was my payment and when i got that kind of like payment which is not money not currency i would always think to myself i hope i don't end up broke like those film uh film actors in uh, lokhandwala i hope i don't end up low fund wala mm-hmm. low fund wala being low funds right mm-hmm. uh and that name really caught on like it's a very indian name and mm-hmm. it's very funny for the people who i talk to it gets like a step in the door mm-hmm. so i started this low fund wala communications thing uh i've been doing it for 6 years now and uh, and it's been an exciting journey it's actually on a hold right now i want this year for me to be the year where i say i'm not just a business person i'm not just an advertising guy i want to become a full time comedian so mm-hmm. or a f- filmmaker comedian like i see myself in that probably not the right parallel to draw but i love what aziz ansari does he does not just stand up but he does like uh very interesting films he does really interesting like web series mm-hmm. like for example master of nanus mm-hmm. for me one of my mm-hmm. all time favorite you know things to uh watch like i can go back and i can see the music i can see the craft i can see that this guy is not just a comedian he's mm-hmm. more than that you know right and that's the space i want to be in i want to be a filmmaker comedian and let's see like this is it's yeah it's the beginning of the journey right now i would say very cool that's really really cool when did you start with comedy mm, 2014 mm-hmm. um i started when i saw like a friend of mine do comedy which mm-hmm. is how most comedians i think start i don't know how it was for you pascal but um, but i started because i saw a friend of mine do really bad stand up <laughs> and and, and uh, <laughs> I, i can do it better dude i think that's how most comedians start and uh, and the first gig i remember i wanted to impress this girl that i was uh, i was uh, interested in so i asked her to come to the show uh and uh, the host actually uh started hitting on her and uh, the host got her number and like the host took her back so i got cock blocked by a host uh, <laughs> at a show and um, and i was like fuck this dude it's not about i'm i'm not on stage because you know that girl is interested in Oh that's like the worst experience so you bro. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh. Yeah. But then I I so when I was on stage first like the first show that I ever did I was doing like a lot of hack jokes a lot of local jokes but like when I got a laugh like it was such a thrill you know like it's really like when they say um, being a comedian is the best job in the world I totally concur I think when you're on stage 
you have total control over that entire room of people it's a captive audience it's i i would say like not even filmmaking compares to stand up because filmmaking you get to see people watch your stuff and comment on it but stand up is so real time so now so in the moment mm. and it really like stream of conscious is something that um can only apply in a live performing art like stand up or music mm-hmm. which is why stand up comedians and musicians are such like there's such camaraderie between them you know right. like mm-hmm. the biggest rock and roll celebrities are like hobnobbing with the biggest comedians and that is a fact like dave chapel knows all of the rock stars mm-hmm. you know and there's a mutual respect for you know because it is like so in the moment it's so live it's so right now i love it you know yeah. stand stand up i i would not do anything else in the world but stand up if i could you know that's yeah that's cool that's awesome it's interesting because i mean pitching for a startup i shit my pants every time before i actually pitch <laughs> but once i'm there yeah. and it starts yeah. i love that yeah. feeling it's it's so because good. it's it's what you love right yeah. like it's yeah. you're doing exactly what your heart wants you to do in fact like i had start like uh, my journey in advertising and my journey in stand up was almost concur- concurrent like it's been this the same kind of starting point the same kind of ending point so far like this is a transition in my stand up career as well as my startup career like my company is actually in the shits right now so like oh, yeah i got okay. fucked over by my business partner uh yeah yeah it's it's depressing but i'll probably write a joke about it eventually uh <laughs> even though he's asked me to sign an nda uh but hey man <laughs> so um, so uh, so the paths have been so similar and i've always tried to integrate stand up and my startup which is a business uh, media company uh and the idea for me has been that you know any media company needs a kind of a flow of ideas constantly like a flux you know like there has to be creativity all the time so i saw that creativity like as a as an untapped kind of pool in the start uh, stand up ecosystem like people are there unemployed not making much money mm-hmm. they want an outlet they want to kind of you know turn their ideas into something that's tangible which is like it could be an ad it could be a sketch uh it could be like a film even um so in India what is happening right now is all the jobless stand up comedians who had no work 3 years ago today they are writing web series um of like 8 episodes 7 episodes and they're making good money you know mm. like finally there's that output because there's like that internet boom that has happened recently with Mukesh Ambani and Reliance and them like providing cheap or free data to everyone in India right now especially mm. tier 2 tier 3 cities so all the startups that are in the media ecosystem like MX player is one of them mm-hmm. uh they've suddenly entered the market and they're like do you have content that you can generate right now mm-hmm. and stand up comedians have like content just at the back of their minds because every evening there's a new story mm-hmm. right. you know like i've been a part of a riot dude like after a stand up show yeah there was like a <laughs> there was a proper like hindu muslim clash um oh, wow. on the streets uh uh after a show because like one of my co comedians my colleagues uh he saw that some hindu dude was riding over a over a bike that was on the floor on the road and my friend was like man do you have to do that that might be a poor person's bike and then he suddenly just whistled and some eight other hindus like came around and they, they started hitting my friend and like oh. yeah and and like they slapped him so hard he was shocked um and then we head head back to his home which was the original plan and we just smoked a joint in silence mm-hmm. right but like that moment was so sober and like so sobering you know that mm-hmm. you know really like our our bubble is just our friend circle if you try to clash with another community um on the basis of something so fickle or trivial as like a bicycle on a road you're probably going to get fucked up like that's and and that could be an episode in any show like if you really want to write it because it's so dramatic it's so funny also in a way like right. another friend of mine he got so scared in that moment he started farting like you know he started farting his face went red his ears were hot and he was just like <laughs> 
every time someone tried to hit him he would just fart and like cry so like Oh, wow. Yeah, in it's in not fun. it's funny in a it, way. It's, <laughs> it's it's funny in a way but like you have to be there to experience it and this is just one of the experiences. Like I told you my VN uh, my Prague story yeah. where we got kind of booed off stage like there was there were two South Korean women who got super upset at the material that I was doing and they wanted me to leave the stage. But really my material isn't offensive to any like community. No, I I can confirm because I'm yeah, yeah. not more than so. average offensive I would say. Yeah, like there's <laughs> yeah, there's no intent to really offend anyone, you know. Mm-hmm. It might be offensive, but like she wasn't even listening to the joke. She just entered midway and like disrupted the entire show and like, you know, we traveled all the way. We had to cancel that show. I had to like get off stage and I was super sad. Like I literally cried. Like I welled up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my eyes welled up in that moment. But the support that we got from the rest of the audience, they all like got together and they said you know this is not how the show will end let's head up as let's go to the table why don't you tell us your jokes on the table yeah cool. and they bought me beers and uh, and yeah now we're friends like we're following each other on on social media they're messaging me every time i put up a, sh- a story about a show and that's the kind of like support that really keeps you going in this mm. journey you know mm-hmm. like it's there's going to be a lot of naysayers there's going to be a lot of people who think that you know you're either not good enough like i actually sh- got told on stage in prague that i wasn't funny right like and that's Jeez. one of the worst things you can ever hear as a comedian mm-hmm. because that your entire life is about am i funny or am i not mm-hmm. you know that's the you just the want the validation of being funny wow. so when I, someone says it while you're on your job like imagine if pascal if you're <laughs> on your desk you're doing a podcast and someone comes and tells you dude you don't know how to podcast you're suddenly like what the fuck dude i'm doing my job right now can right, you like no. not you know so I, this is all like i'm well, rambling right now <laughs> I watched your show. I watched mm. your show here at Space Medusa. Actually, I mm-hmm. think you're funny. Yeah, so. <laughs> super hilarious. I can tell you, you yeah, are funny. No. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting right here. All right, all right. I'll pay you after the podcast <laughs> for that for that uh, yeah. compliment. Thank you so much, Pascal. Yeah, no, uh, no, uh, no, Flo, no, that no that means a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Did you? Uh, I mean, um, were you always uh, funny from the very start in 2014, or did it like? Um, how did it go for you? That's a good question. Or? I think I've always been like. ironically funny like i did not know that i was funny like i think one of the earliest jokes that i ever cracked and i think this became like a uh, a common joke afterwards um, was i told my nani uh, when i was living in bangalore uh, i used to visit her every summer and i uh, i i wrote her a card saying you're not just a you're not just a mother you're a grandmother or something like that and then like i wrote her another card one day saying i hope i wake up at the crack of dawn and uh like like what is the sound that wakes you up and this is i'm 8 years old by the way so i don't know if it's like funny back then and i used to say th- things like that like i once told my mother mom you should buy the kama sutra it will really help you but i thought kama sutra <laughs> i yeah i i thought kama sutra was a book about yoga so so like you know and my mom she would laugh like crazy at these things because like she knew that i didn't know what i was talking about yeah. but like those are the things that like made me funny eventually and it's all about wordplay and puns and like confusing people and like that's what it is for me and then there might be some depth later in those jokes like sometimes i don't realize that the jokes are deep um but yeah it's mostly just on the surface what kind of immediately confuses you or misdirects you that's right. the kind of stuff that i really like which is how one liners work also right? it has to be very crisp right. very quickly confusing oh that's why you like mitch hatberg and I'll, yeah like, that's okay, that's basically why because I'm interested every 15 seconds uh, you know as to what they have to say. Sometimes I just zone out when it's a longer story or a longer mm-hmm. bit. 
but with like one liners you're constantly in it you know? right i what i love about your stand up is it's is your jokes are always it goes in this one direction and then goes in the other direction mm-hmm. and then it goes again in the other and yeah. then just keeps going like yeah. left right yeah. left right left right yeah. and then you just never know what's going to happen yeah yeah i think that's uh, i hear that a lot and that's a good thing and a bad thing because you don't want them to lose focus as to what is the theme of what you're trying to say uh, like there is a theme in in there is a theme in the material that i do and i try to compartmentalize my material like the you know there's like just off the top of my head right now i'm i start with like introductory jokes that kind of give them a uh, a glimpse of my persona mm-hmm. um and then i move into like jokes about my life and the three or four main facets of it one being family uh so i have a lot of jokes about my mother my father my uncle my sister and there's um, jokes about my love life so i've got like an entire set about my girlfriend yeah. or the you know imaginary one uh, <laughs> <laughs> then i've got like um, one of the biggest facets of my life uh, is the drugs that i do uh, and uh, so there's like an entire like 7 to 10 minute bit about the drugs and like i've just recently started branching off into stories mm-hmm. uh, like i have an entire story about goa which i haven't been able do you know goa yeah, yeah of course you yeah. know goa flo so, all right It's uh, like for it's region, those who don't the know region the, re- the, the region the the region and yeah, yeah, yeah the music yeah, yeah <laughs> the rave part. that's where that's where most of the russians come to like you know do right. their yeah to oh. do their raves yeah so i have like an entire story about goa and like it's a 10 minute bit i've done it very rarely but whenever i do it like i have so much fun so it's weird like i'm also evolving as a comic it's yeah and i think all comics go through that where they don't know what their voice is or you know what they really want to do and long form is fun also but so you want to go more into that as well i do want to and i think eventually like a long story becomes like a sketch or becomes like a film or something like that so i want to ah. see if i can develop my stories into like visual mm-hmm. uh, stuff yeah right do you have favorite jokes that you like to tell uh do you have something like that like um yeah regardless of the response you just you just love the joke and you just love yeah. telling it Yeah like I really like my uh, suicide point joke which is like every <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's very Mitch Hedberg inspired or Steven Wright like Mitch Hedberg and Steven Wright both have a joke that people say like it seems like it's plagiarized from each other which is every distance is walking distance if you've got the time that's uh, that's Mitch Hedberg's joke <laughs> I think and Steven Wright has one which is um every book is a children's book if the child can read Uh-huh. uh and oh, my, yeah, yeah and and my joke is every point of suicide point of view got the will to die so like <laughs> I, i never thought uh, that i was uh, you know using that template but like and i actually saw them after i wrote this joke uh, so i was like okay this is validation if two greats are thinking the way i'm thinking right. then like i'm not doing so i love bad. the tag though the Yeah, I don't. The antel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say. Yeah. Okay. So the antel tag is just for the listeners. It is that. Um, so like, I went to uh, the mountains and I popped some magic mushrooms and I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to visit the tourist spots, so I went to Suicide Point. Uh, and like, the thing about Suicide Point is that every point is Suicide Point if you got the will to die. So I tried jumping off a hill. Uh, well, actually, it was an ant hill. A failed suicide attempt for me, but a massacre for a thousand others. So, yeah. And and the weird thing is the ma- the massacre for a thousand others tag. Not a lot of people understand in India because I think like these are newer terms. Like if I even said genocide, that might not work. Uh, and not a lot of people can connect that thought. Ki I'm actually talking about the ants that died. Right. You know, like so. I don't know. In Europe, I've got a better response to that joke than mm. I. Oh than well, I generally, how, how would you compare the European crowd to? Because you've been to yeah. many European yeah. crowds yeah. now. Yeah, I think there's so much fun, dude, and there's so like, 
they're unpredictable um like you know like i wasn't expecting the south korean debacle right. in yeah. in in uh, prague at all but yeah. but there's so much support here like i talk to my father often about the european sensibility and the indian or asian sensibility and he says the difference in culture in europe and india is that um europe consumes art um by habit you know it's like it's a part of your daily agenda you know i want to like brush bathe work and in the evening if i can i want to consume some form of art and i think europe even considers food as a form of art sometimes of course like we've got mm-hmm. our fast food habits and all of that but we consider like food as a as an art form we consider i mean i'm saying we as if i'm a berliner already but i'm not <laughs> <laughs> but uh, europe consumes like stand up comedy as an art like in india stand up is still seen as a as a what do you say as a as a form of entertainment mm-hmm. and not as an art oh, form okay. so like not a craft it's not a craft yeah. just yet yeah. so it's just silly and and kind of yeah it's it's more it. it's more like like um like it should appeal to everyone but like it should be super relatable to the indian diaspora or the indian audience mm-hmm. okay. so that is the agenda over there right now and that's how you start i guess like that's how any market opens up because you've got to appeal to bigger pockets of people um at the 3 in a billion show mm-hmm. it ends with hip hop right it ends with hip hop so why how do you actually um do you always have the same order like you start or yeah. mohit is that uh, mohit is the other comedian yeah yeah, yeah. so th- uh, throughout this trip um uh, on all of our shows we've tried to maintain that order because you know we we've, we've been thinking that maybe if you start with hip hop and you continue with comedy like the bar would be set too high in terms of energy at the very beginning that mm-hmm. mohit and i were kind of deadpan comics mm-hmm. like um, you know we're not very high energy you know like uh, interacting with the crowd kind of a comic at yeah. all so um, so we decided that we'll start like a little bit low energy we'll have a host that like has some you know some charisma uh, comes warms up the room a little bit but not too much and then i go up um, and then yeah and mohit comes and shashwat closes shashwat is a rapper and um, he's got a really good set and it's not that all of his songs are up tempo or upbeat but um a lot of them are very mood mood songs like you know you've got to like vibe with them listen to the words mm-hmm. it's like poetry you know it's really good so um we wanted to make sure that like we don't lose out because rap sets a benchmark that's high and he's really good like he's way better than us you know when it comes to his art form so uh, we didn't want to compete with him so we always put him <laughs> at the end and uh, it's been a constant complaint from him ki bros like you all do your bits and like five people will walk out by the end of the show and i get like a cold room but like my job as a friend and a comedian is to always dance to his music and get the crowd to get up and dance also and he's like you know he that's what kind of compensates for us bumming the audience out with our, our holocaust jokes and you know so but it's been it's been a lot of fun um, to experiment with this template of hip hop and comedy right. and i don't think many people have done it before yeah uh, cool. you know yeah it's it was an experiment i asked you this on tuesday too but mm-hmm. i love your holocaust joke mm-hmm. how does it um like how does it do here in germany specifically it's it's so unpredictable like mohit keeps telling me dude just don't do that joke uh, <laughs> but um and like i was at another show and so let me just do the holocaust joke the mm-hmm. holocaust joke is that um i wanted to try some holocaust jokes in berlin um but a comedian said that it would be inappropriate to do that so i was like oh schwitz um 
and then uh, and then i try to like oh, add add a tag <laughs> yeah it's 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 really dark if you've been there i'm assuming like so it might be traumatic to some people <laughs> and then and i've been to auschwitz so like and i've seen like how dark the yeah. times were back yeah. then and like it's really moving after i went to auschwitz i was like i will never do this joke again uh but then like i really thought about things and i think that you know you can't take anything too seriously you know the moment you start taking something seriously and don't talk about it like in a lighter light it becomes even darker as a subject and mm-hmm. you know why not have a laugh like i do the suicide joke now my new opening joke um it's very very fresh but i tried it for a couple of times don't worry about that camera that battery is dead we're charging anyways <laughs> so uh, so uh, so i was uh i I've, i've been trying this new um opener which is a suicide joke which is guys i have some good news for you i have decided to reschedule my suicide uh it was initially planned for next friday but that also happens to be my sister's wedding date and i really don't want her to steal my thunder uh, <laughs> because you know if i die and my sister's being married my parents are probably going to be at the wedding <laughs> so oh, you changed your joke already yeah, yeah 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 you were there so yeah. like this was a suggestion by one of the comics over yeah. here like that's the best thing about like having a really good vibrant scene and i love berlin for that is that people like recommend other tags other thoughts and so i kind of modified my joke initially it was like my mother's birthday but now my sister's wedding is more powerful because right. people understand that's an important significant event mm-hmm. so when i did this joke yesterday um one of the audience day before yesterday one of the audience members actually came to me and she said my friend killed himself 2 years back and suicide has like constantly triggered me the thoughts of suicide have triggered me every time i come across it but your suicide joke actually made me laugh you know for oh, a change so so i felt like okay theek hai matlab i'm not theek hai means okay um, <laughs> so i just said okay okay twice um but um, but yeah so like that made it like worth it dude like yeah. okay theek hai you know people are saying don't do this don't do that but I think everyone has a right to consume what they want to consume and everyone has a right to say what they want to say as long as they don't stop you from doing it or hit you or like get violent I think like everyone is entitled to their opinion so mm-hmm. yeah right. and holocaust jokes some people get it some people don't I've actually had a Jew come to me and said how dare you do that joke and I was like I'm really sorry dude I hope like you know that and then he's like nah I'm just kidding do it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah it's like it's been very different dude India may they love it because um for them it's like not so traumatic mm-hmm. uh in europe like there is that trauma there is that guilt it's all there and so it's to it's be really honest away. to be honest i think it's the perfect place to tell this joke mm-hmm. because i mean i i see, at least i see comedy as a way of talking about topics that otherwise you cannot really talk about mm-hmm. yeah. and using comedy to making it easier to talk about yeah. and things. heal also and also heal yeah, i mean just like you said yeah. the every comedian i talk to says basically it's self therapy it's proper <laughs> it, it is yeah. therapy and therapy is so expensive so, <laughs> so here we are at least getting beers so it's, <laughs> it's not so bad yeah, yeah no, true. i mean yeah it's true yeah so and that's, that's why also here all the um all the jewish comedians they have a lot of holocaust jokes mm-hmm. they kill mm-hmm. always yeah yeah a kill meaning like it's a great joke yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> Yeah. 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 No pun then. No. <laughs> yeah. What what do you what do you feel about uh, the Berlin scene? Like is this where you started? Is this Yes, yeah? it's uh this is the only scene I've been to, but um I hear it's amazing because everyone who travels through they say especially the Australian or British comics, they mm-hmm. say it's really tough to get spots and then even if it's an open mic then it's impossible to get 50 40 people there. Mm-hmm. And here there are open mics where there are 
Eight, uh, yeah, 80, 80, 90 people, people yeah. and they're all really warm towards you. Yeah. Uh, Cosmic Cone, you've been there. Yeah, yeah, Dar yeah, yeah. is amazing. He's like, he pumps up the crowd. He really like, does, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're there tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I'm there yeah. tonight. I'm at Cosmic tonight. And like, there's the, the culture of stand up in, in Berlin is so interesting. Like, I always, like, every time I come here, um, I take back something that helps me improve the scene in Bombay. Like, you know, I saw Dhar's um, uh, free pizzas and shots um, idea and I was like, why don't we have like safe free popcorn and BYOB shows, you know? Right. So uh, we started doing that f- for the very first time in India. Like, uh, and I told Dhar that I was inspired because of your show. And that actually became a very unique concept and people come, like I produce shows in Bombay also. And people come especially for the BYOB and the popcorn. So that really like, uh, work okay. yeah like bars allow that I mean. uh, so we do it in like um, gyms oh. <laughs> we, have, we have we have we have really really weird venues we do it like in dance workshops gyms offices uh, yeah wow that's yeah, cool yeah, yeah yeah it's like a proper alt scene yeah. Can you tell us more about the Mumbai scene? Like, uh, so you also always say Bombay, not Mumbai. I say Bombay sometimes. Sometimes I say Mumbai. It's it's like a, whether I'm feeling nostalgic about colonialism or not. Uh, <laughs> you know that kind of a situation. But Bombay is like I feel it's like a better word. It's got like a it's got a ring to it. You know, like mm-hmm. there's like it's yeah. I, I don't know. I I like the word better. Mumbai is also okay. But like, you guys know it as Mumbai now. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it is what it's called. Yeah. yeah. But it was called Bombay till nineteen ninety two or something right. like that and mm-hmm. then like some riots happened and then they were like, Fuck it, we're gonna like nationalize this name so they okay. it's be- it's based on the name of a goddess called Mumbra. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know why we name everything after goddesses. It's just weird. But, uh, but... Um, <laughs> Russell Peters has a great joke about does it. Does he? What is the joke? Sorry. Uh, that he also hates Mumbai. He always calls it Bombay because mm-hmm. they took forever to change the name. Like, that's, that's mm. kind of the... Yeah. Yeah. He was the first comedian I ever saw. Right. We yeah. talked about yeah, that. Yeah. And, yeah. Russell amazing. Peters, yeah. He's pretty chill. I haven't seen him in India. I want to. I've got, like, a lot... Like, yeah, seeing... Meeting, like, uh, international acts in Bombay is a lot of fun. Sorry, but we so go... you also hung out with... Uh, I chilled with Aziz Ansari. Yeah. yeah. I chilled with Aziz Ansari. I chilled with Hannibal Barres. I stalked Eddie Izzard and followed <laughs> him to, like, a quaint cafe that I don't think even he knew what it was called. Um, and uh, I just guessed that he would be at that place. So, like, whenever, like, Bill Burr was there and, like, um, that was a lot of fun. But this is like the limited number of stand-up acts that you get to see in India. It's not a lot of people visit um, why, as international acts. I think there's a lot of tax. Uh, yeah, we got the highest amount of entertainment tax in the country. I think it's some 30% or 40% or something. And that's quite mad. Really? Yeah, that's oh. why people just don't like them. But they, they might go to Bangalore, which is like a more artist-driven ecosystem of entertainment so like artists are actually preferred over there and like they're helped really? and yeah, yeah although it's a, such a tech city it's even though it's a tech city yeah oh, and wow. and it's weird because bangalore has no nightlife so things generally stop at 11 o'clock um everything is shut but uh, but bombay is where like the parties are the nightlife is but it's more expensive for artists yeah. oh, right. so people just don't come over there yeah okay. but let's see maybe there might be a shift in that culture soon like but it's depressing, dude. Right now in India, we've got a bad administration. So, like, but that's a political conversation for another time. What was what was your <laughs> question before this, Pascal? Um, I think you might have forgotten it also. Right. If you prefer. Oh, but right. Um, at at stand up shows, and you go mm. to so many, right? You yeah, go yeah. to um, yeah the scene, the scene in yeah. Bombay. Um, so we got like we got I think at least twenty five rooms in Bombay uh, for stand up specifically. 
I would imagine Berlin has like 10, 15 maybe. Uh, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah 10, 15. Our scene is like 10 years old. Um, it's very new. It started with like Hindi comedians, mostly mimics, uh, who like used to mimic um, actors, politicians. Ah, uh, like so impressionists. Impressionists. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So impression artists. Uh, we've got a lot of them in India. So we. That was our kind of introduction to stand up in the local scene. We've got like some really big legends like Johnny Lever is one of the guys you should check him out. Um, he's like the you can say the Eddie Murphy of our scene. Oh, okay. yeah, he's acted in a lot of movies, but he's also a great mimic artist. Um, he got his name Johnny Lever because he used to work at this company called Hindustan Unilever, which is Unilever, and uh, he was one of the peons, like one of the lowest rung workers, like blue collar. uh in the organization and every once in a while he would uh, during like events annual events for the company he would go on stage and he would uh do impressions of the highest boss in the organization <laughs> so, so so that's how he got his name Johnny Lever uh, wow. yeah and, and risky. yeah very risky and that's that was his claim to fame dude the rich guy saw him do like impressions and he, and he came, loved it he loved it he's so good at it and now he's like a celebrity uh, you know, he's a okay. huge celebrity like he's respected on cool. the same level as um, as like an Eddie Murphy. Are there many comedic actors in in India who who branch into dr- drama or or romance like Shahrukh Khan I'm sure didn't did he do comedy as well? Uh, so yeah these guys actually comedy is a great way for these celebrities to start their journeys because like comedy is universal and it works well romance and comedy especially rom-coms right. uh you know like or even if it's not a rom-com even if it's a drama you sp- kind of sprinkle it with a lot of like gags mm. and like uh, a lot of tropes Um, right. And uh, so that I think humor, like n- no big celebrity would ever start as a negative role. You know, that they would never start their career as a negative. Even way deeper into their careers, they would not want to take anything that is remotely not positive. You know, uh-huh. like they want to either be the hero or the jester. You know, they never want to be like the antagonist. Uh, so yeah, they start as comedians or comedy actors or romance actors and. then they might actually move on to slightly serious roles but never negative is that mm-hmm. is that true for for all actors in 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 yeah, Bollywood I, w- i would say so so yeah. so playing a villain is is kind of yeah your career is over really yeah, yeah, yeah. then you will always be typecast as a villain yeah wow yeah, yeah. Oh, wow because wow. <laughs> i feel like nowadays in hollywood at least people want to play the villain because it's so interesting and yeah, yeah. like we watched uh, the joker yesterday mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he plays yeah both a villain and a Yeah, comedic character yeah, kind of anti-hero. Yeah, so, and a, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it was it was a great. Movie. And everyone I loved loves it him for it. I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, I loved the movie. I just don't understand all the. Did you watch it? All the negative hype for the movie. I watched it. I saw it in uh, Amsterdam. Ah, yeah, nice. Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> you think it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or I don't know. I just saw a clown on the road. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw the movie. I just don't understand all the negative hype. I think and like. I've been seeing tweets like, uh, you know, the movie Joker has proven yet again that you should not be trusting a struggling stand-up comedian, and, and I'm like, dude, like, just like because there's a lot of negative stigma for stand-up comedians in India mm-hmm. after the Me Too movement. Um, a while, yeah, while. because the first guy to get called out in India was a comedian. Oh, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it's a controversial conversation. Uh, he used to be a friend of mine. He still is. His name is Usaf Chakravarti, one of the funniest, funniest guys in India, um, and his career was just like stopped. Oh. The day, yeah, this should happen. Like that was exactly a year from now, like last October. What, what did he? Or After that, or like uh, he, he was a full-time comedian, um, okay. and now he's a full-time. I don't think he's doing anything. Um, yeah, it was so because that happened. I even have a joke about 
um, about this, which is um, that you know, guys, uh, I'm an atheist. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but most comedians are atheists. The only time we pray is when it's on young women. ஜோக்குன் like when the movie joker comes out i don't know why people are still attacking comedians like joker is not about a comedian it's about mm, right. it's about it's about a loser a has been a nobody and that's almost all of us right like it's right. you know we have those traits so it's not about the profession that he's in right. yeah, yeah, you know but it, that, that's what i, I like the, the movie so much because it is showing like you could everybody could be that joker yeah. basically mm-hmm. correct and that's also his speech he gave before he kills the guy on on yeah. on stage yes yeah, so no i thought it was too yeah no i like i like the movie a lot because really? yes have yes. you seen have you seen uh, the brazilian movie um Cidade de, de uh, City of God City of God yes and there i think there's the one character who's the bus driver who's like really yeah nice guy very uh, ordered and then he, like uh, horrible things happen to him and then he t- becomes a gangster mm-hmm. i thought that was much more realistic than the joker Although he was already crazy. I, I, I don't know. Was, I don't know. I think I think because in City of God it's it's a very strong trauma. Yeah. And with the Joker for example, it's like a lot of little things that happen to him. And it sums up uh, it yeah, sums up and and it's much over. easier to relate to that I think because oh. if you have like what crazy trauma everybody would snap in yeah, a way. Yeah. Yeah. But all these little things adding up there's a great movie with oh, I forgot how its name is. I will tell you later. Anyway, um there there's there's um it's it's about building up these these little steps towards insanity and mm-hmm. that's, that's what the movie was about yeah. I think. And he and was, was amazing. I mean, I mean Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix yeah. yeah. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. I loved him in Cash, the mm-hmm. Johnny Cash biopic. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, also her. I mean, yeah. her is a big inspiration for Red Tag actually, yeah. so. Really? It was, yeah. Oh wow. I get it now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very cool. We we're trying to make like the, uh, uh, yeah. No, because <laughs> the reason for right behind Rectic is we're building an algorithm mm-hmm. that translates uh, how we speak into texts, mm-hmm. uh, especially dialogues and especially how we have a conversation because mm-hmm. none of those algorithms actually can make this happen right now. Yeah. And if we could, then of mm-hmm. course we would not we wouldn't need to type for um, communicating with a computer. Right. Right. and the next step would be then turning it around and creating like a voice for a computer mm-hmm. that sounds like an actual human being and then wow. we add her oh that's how yeah. oh wow so that's the whole reason behind Rectic actually wow and that got inspired by by her yeah but do you think you can ever like make a an ai uh, computer system like the her bot so yeah. intelligent you mean Yeah. like intelligent something that can converse with you I'm 100% sure yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 100% ah. sure that you can make a computer that sounds human mm-hmm. that's I'm 100% sure mm-hmm. and also that would understand you perfectly that we are five years away from that 10 yeah. years maybe but the whole in- intelligence or the whole uh, um, improvisation that a human being has mm-hmm. that would be tough to take yeah I have no idea because my, I mean my question is why if that would exist mm-hmm. then the technology for a robot would exist as well and then yeah. why wouldn't we already create like why would it just be in a phone 
yeah. and not in a robot that loves you know because yeah. then so software is easier easier to 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 build and then easier to, to, ah, to experiment with yeah. true but i think at that level already like robots are also pretty good and the hardest part will be the personality yeah. mm -hmm. so if you got that covered then yeah. i'm sure you know yeah we'll get and, go um, hand in hand i would say yeah, yeah. But the personality is something that I mean, you know, the the data that you all kind of collect and build and kind of you know analyze. I think that will lead to building personalities also. Like you know, might be yeah. What I'm doing right now is uploading my personality onto a. It's the algorithm, yeah. So this, yeah. Uh, like deep fake, all of these things are super interesting to me. I was actually talking to some machine learning AI guys in mm -hmm. India, and like it triggered an that conversation triggered a thought for me that i feel could be a film someday or like a mm -hmm. series which is what if like someday um ai machine learning and quantum computing like becomes so good that um that you can build an ai bot that can write better jokes than the best comedian in the world you know <laughs> or or write jokes based on your persona like you upload right. your persona and it will tell you jokes that you should be doing and um, if mm -hmm. that happens like is it conscious enough to feel jealous of your success mm -hmm. you know if you start doing those jokes on stage you upload it on youtube you become a celebrity mm -hmm. will the computer ever feel jealous ki these are jokes i wrote like he's technically plagiarizing my material mm -hmm. let's call him out you know let's mm -hmm. like so i've i have this idea about like a failed um romance between an IT guy and this girl and the girl goes to a comedian because she likes his material and the IT guy is like fuck this shit i'm going to do my own shit i'm going to go on stage he goes on stage bombs googles how to write jokes and finds a bot and the bot starts getting jealous of him and mm -hmm. calls him out and then his dilemma is does he come clean and say guys sorry i i was using a bot to write my jokes or does he say uh like for example let's say the bot uses his whatsapp to send like dick pics to all the women that he knows and then like he can't go out and say, say that i did send those dick pics i'm sorry mm. or he could say uh, i did not send those dick pics um it was by a bot Mm -hmm. uh and the bot was also helping me write my jokes and here's the explanation so does he redeem himself or do, does he uh, yeah like it's so it's like a louis ck situation yeah <laughs> that's pretty pretty here <laughs> yeah, already yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i think someone like Very him outlined. like a like a loser like him would i think would say yes i did send those dick pics and i'm really sorry about it and i'm going to try to redeem myself because he's already built like his empire you know mm -hmm. like so he doesn't want to lose all of it so it's like just this idea and i think new technology is going to spark so many new ideas so much new content and that's what i'm really excited about i think the future mm. is is yeah. exciting dude i mean south park has an episode of, on this day the no germans uh, are always criticized about having no humor mm -hmm. so they build a robot that tells the best jokes do you know that <laughs> i haven't seen it dude yeah. good yeah. south park oh, is amazing i got to watch this yeah. oh, far. but you know you know what because i i talked to some um musician gone engineer mm -hmm. uh a couple of weeks ago and what they are trying to build is basically an ai mm -hmm. that analyzes like pop songs like really chart songs mm -hmm. and tries and, to come up with and a tries to come up with a pattern and then create mm -hmm. a song based oh, on that wow. and the the thing is i believe that would be possible because yeah. i mean i don't know if you've seen the the um, the there's a youtube video of a very famous one most pop songs from the last 30 years mm -hmm. were built on four account uh, mm -hmm. accords right mm -hmm. and of course there's a pattern there yeah. and yeah. then of course you have to come up with some good lyrics yeah. but then you could actually build something yeah, like that yeah. and i would be super interested yeah, in hearing yeah. something a machine produced based yeah. on that yeah jokes yeah, yeah sure. or jokes in this yeah. case jokes yeah. would be interesting well, um 
yeah, yeah. Well, let's see but how does it actually um, I, I, I thought of the question I want to ask you before mm-hmm. um, at a, sta- a stand-up show do you prefer going on after someone who is not doing so well or really does well Oh yeah, good question. So I think it's always good to have a warm room, mm-hmm. but a super warm room, like I'm sure like you've been in that situation where it's just too good, like the last act destroyed so much that it's very hard to follow. Right. You know, especially like if it's a high energy versus a low energy act, like if the, like I've, I've got a very low energy persona. So if uh, I go on stage after someone like does act outs and voices and like, how do I compare? with this guy like i can't compete at all so i generally oh. get defeated that's or you could like look at the flip side and say who oh, these guys are really excited to listen to jokes now so mm-hmm. but i don't know i i prefer like having um, either like opening or hosting or um or not uh, following like an, a really firewire act it's very difficult for me right. how about okay. you i mean i uh, you're a lively I, you're a lively comedian on stage uh i don't know i'm just trying to i don't know but um uh yeah i mean like cosmic i think mm-hmm. it's awesome because there are so many people and dar yeah. is amazing dar builds then, it up exactly yeah. but yeah. then when you do well it still feels like it did i really do well yeah, exactly. yeah it's like so, the guilt yeah. yeah i just got cuz he the host is amazing yeah, and he yeah. just yeah like builds, so yeah. he does all the work and we're just there yeah, to yeah, finish yeah, the job but yeah. that's yeah yeah sometimes i look back at my cosmic recordings and i just think like i just got laughs for no reason <laughs> like I don't deserve that laugh. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a very But then the point. opposite is also kind of uh I deserve the laugh. I deserve yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they not laugh? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit um I have, I have a question for you Pascal. Uh what's the So, you've been doing this for a year now? Two years. Uh what exactly? Comedy? Uh no, since June. Like half a year, and um, around five months. Four months. Four months. That's you're super fresh in your journey right now, and that's yeah, great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's still fun. So I I don't know if because uh, I see so many who are like, they look so like if they talk about, yeah, yeah 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 they yeah. Lo- say like uh, I'm you become so cynical. F- yeah. yeah right. Okay. Yeah yeah that that is a natural part of the process. Is it? You is you should get cynical because maybe when you get cynical you start exploring like other things you could do inside of comedy. So okay. It's great, dude. Like I mean, was there was there a point when you also thought, ah, oh, this is great, but no? Constantly, I I still have messages in my. Um, to my dearest friend saying uh, this is going to be my last show i'm not going to do anything after this really? yeah i want to just like explore my like introspect a little bit see what i'm doing constantly like every 6 months every 8 months because like i am at a point in comedy where i can still quit like 5 years is nothing you know mm. like 15 years is the bare minimum to really become a global superstar yeah. uh at stand up um louis ck says this that you know i would rather much rather grow in the shadows uh and become myself and then finally be seen uh, as opposed to becoming an instant success and then not knowing whether this was the right version of me to put out in the world so i'm uh, willing to wait you know i'm mm-hmm. not in any rush which is why i haven't put out any youtube videos or anything like that mm-hmm. um but my question to you pascal is what is the weirdest audience or the weirdest kind of crowd that you performed to uh i mean not weird but it was very different uh, i did not <laughs> i guess i did not cope so well with the audience was uh It was a very alternative audience. Mm-hmm. It was a performance art show, so mm-hmm. anyone could do anything. So apparently, uh, at the show the week at, before, a guy just went on stage and screamed for five minutes. Wow! That's that's all he did. Wow! Uh, so that's kind of so everyone does something else, and some people uh, do presentations like mm-hmm. TED Talk style. Mm-hmm. And then I did my set, and I had some Nazi reference jokes. Mm-hmm. Oof, <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow! 
That's probably the time when I bombed the hardest. Yeah. And then, and then right after, it's actually opposite joke time uh -huh. that we just plugged. Yeah. And then I went on there right after, and then I did so well there. The same jokes, same everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really sad yeah. that your second show in the evening was better than the first show because if your first show was better, you would probably have a even better second uh, right, show. Right. That's like true. You ride. That's yeah. With the flow, I actually did this one project, which was actually an advertising project for. Uh, for uh, palliative care which is end of life care mm -hmm. and we were trying to do something for the palliative care association of india and the concept that my friend came up with was uh, laugh at death so we were actually like workshopping material for terminally ill patients so we were actually helping 60 year olds 70 year olds with like cancer uh, helping them write jokes about their experiences and go on stage. Oh, that's yeah. so, amazing. So we did that once and that campaign was like super successful. It won like quite a few Khan Lions um, in advertising. Uh, and that for me like was one of the most transformative experiences I've ever had because the f I coached two people uh, to write jokes. One of them was like a 19 year old boy who had cancer. And uh, like a month after I met him, he passed away. Uh, so yeah and he never got to be on stage because his health deteriorated so much in the period of me workshopping with him yeah. but then I met this other lady who was like this fireball of energy and life and she was so much fun to like help write jokes with and she had like the wickedest sense of humor you know like uh, for someone who's dying to actually like be able to write about death and to joke about it like I think there's n nothing like more um, like spirited that yeah. anyone else can wow, do. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. So, still do you still we did it once. It was a one-off and it just like, it was the best, probably most gratifying thing I've done in stand-up comedy. Right. So like, uh, yeah, performing for different audiences is one thing, working with different types of comedians is another right. and like there's so many aspects of comedy that you can explore mm. right. that's what wow. keeps it like exciting, yeah. I guess, yeah. May I also ask, because I'm so curious, because mm. um, I've seen for myself, stand-up as, as fun as it is, mm -hmm kind of hurts your social life because mm -hmm. at night you just you just go to shows and then, yeah. uh, I mean you can hang out with the people there which is mm -hmm. very fun but with yeah. other friends and you yeah. perform 20 times a week yeah. yeah so how do you how do you manage a social life how do you how do you cope with it yeah so um, like I do like have <laughs> friends I think <laughs> <laughs> I have friends and most of them are comedians so like my life actually uh, starts like assembling itself around uh, don't worry about that actually let me get that Pascal can you start with your question again <laughs> uh, so as fun as doing stand-up is mm -hmm. it I, I noticed for myself it kind of hurts your social, social life, life yeah. because at night you just go to uh, perform and then you can hang out with a comedian so that's fun but yeah. with your other friends it's just yeah. hard to coordinate yeah. you know meeting yeah. up so how do you manage because you go on stage 20 yeah. times a week yeah yeah i get a lot of shit from my girlfriend for this like she hates it that i prioritize comedy over like other things in my life but mm -hmm. uh, like i genuinely enjoy being on stage and talking to strangers more than like chilling with my own friends it's really weird <laughs> you know it's it's because like and it's just a validation dude i think well like every comedian is a validation whore like you know it's we 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 we, we love being loved you know yeah. so um, i think it compensates for it i don't feel so bad that i don't have a lot of friends but i know that if my friends start dropping out of stand up uh, then i will get very lonely very fast right. because um, and stand up is one of those kind of industries that has a high attrition rate like within one year 95% of all comedians who started in that year will drop out oh uh, really yeah so like it's a, it takes a, it 
takes proper balls and yeah, patience to to continue yeah wow. so uh, so you lose friends quite fast uh, i like in utrecht is that how you say yeah, utrecht? utrecht in utrecht in netherlands i was staying with a comedian uh, who started 5 years ago with me um in bombay and now he just like and within a year his passion changed to like making movies within a year after that his passion changed to like developing code but we still connected like on a very good level for you know him to say why if you're in netherlands come stay with me you know let's uh, talk about comedy and like we kind of got nostalgic about uh, the times when we started because oh, there nice. used to be one or two open mics back then 5 years back and wow. like yeah there were 10 comedians in the scene 15 comedians and we would all do the same room Uh, we would perform for audiences of two <laughs> but like you become friends with that audience right. like a lot of the audience uh, that uh, come to our shows they still message me saying are you doing any show uh, we'd like to drop by smoke a joint chill you know, yeah. have a drink and it's not even about like stand up comedy anymore it's just about like the friendships that you develop right so you lose a lot of like your friends like my childhood friends are no more like in constant touch with me but they still love me and they'll always like meet me when i need to meet them and so you kind of compartmentalize and you try to make more time i take time off stand up also like i'll take a month sometimes i'll take like two weeks sometimes just to see if i can kind of relook at my material and mm, like you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, refresh it yeah so yeah i don't think you should it shouldn't be so bad as long as your friends are continuing you know with you right right as long as you have like companions on that journey right mm. right okay so it's like any other journey right? that's true Yeah. Right. Also, sta- uh, startup. I mean, yeah. it takes up so much. Ninety-five percent of all startups fail after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. it's the same. <laughs> it's the same statistic. Uh, yeah. You know, like and there are so many things in common between an entrepreneur and a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. You're going and you're setting up your shop every single evening. You want people to like your goods, your material. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to kind of network. You got to know mm-hmm. the right people. It's basically the same thing, except. Uh, stand-up comedians make lesser money, <laughs> <laughs> depending uh, on the yeah. startup. <laughs> depending say. on the type, yeah, type of industry the startup is in. Yeah, yeah. there are no patrons, right? I mean, um, it's not really. Uh, no, not really. No, we yeah. don't have any grants. Investors, yeah. Yeah, we don't have any grants in stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, stand-up comedy in India is like a, it's like an industry where you have to pay to be on stage if you're not like really like yeah accomplished oh. yeah. So you have to pay like. Six euros to just like five or five euros to perform. Wait, you yeah. paid to perform? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, stand comic from LA was here, and mm-hmm. she said she uh, spends two hundred to three hundred dollars a month just to get stage time. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 So that's why Berlin, for example, is great because you. Yeah, there's plenty of stage time. I, plenty I, of good I, I actually, when you guys started, I I thought that every one of the comedians actually gets money. Money. Yeah, <laughs> no, <that's laughs> yeah. Then it turned out no, yeah. just no. the host gets the money. Yeah. yeah. We get drinks though. You yeah. well, <laughs> yeah. get a drink for the whole yeah. evening. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. And then you tell me that people actually pay. Yeah. 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 For, people wow. pay. Yeah. That's how much they yeah. wanna. Yeah. We're trying to change it. Uh, we're actually trying to move towards like I produce so my. objective now is to make sure like every comedian gets paid mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to having to pay to perform mm-hmm. but that culture shift like it will take some time because there's m- uh, even though there's a demand for stand up there's also greater demand for stage time like there's mm-hmm. we've got 450 500 different comedians in bombay itself yeah and wow. and everyone wants a spot so like how do you right, do that right. with like just 30 rooms right so, yeah, it's yeah 
Wow, this was awesome, Kashuk. Hey, that was this was really cool. My yeah. pleasure, man. When you're back in Berlin, we'd love to do a second yeah. round. For sure, you know, that would be awesome. For yeah. sure. Hopefully, right. I'm successful by then. <laughs> Let's see. So, But where can people find out more about you? Yeah. Uh, so, I'm on uh, Instagram and uh, on Twitter as Low Cashwala. Uh, that's L O W K A S H W A L A. And uh, yeah, I I tweet stupid shit and I <laughs> I post dumb photos. That's what I do on social media. So follow me. If that's what you like. And go check cool. it out. And <laughs> probably soon a podcast and all that because yeah, yeah, I think and yeah, and I'm making a movie about this journey and so I should be releasing some teasers in like the next few months. I should be releasing a stand-up video in the next 2-3 months so like you guys can wait for that hopefully. Let's see. Go check him out. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank you so much Flo. Thank you Pascal. Thanks yeah, thank so you guys. Thank you. That was time, yeah. that was awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening and see you next time. <laughs> Because I know you have a heart of gold.